you are familiar with the old written law, love your friend, and its unwritten companion, hate your enemy. I'm challenging that. I'm telling you to love your enemies. Let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. The word of God for the people of God. I'm going to go a little off script here because I think it will be better. I told Steve and Sue that they should go to brunch because this sermon's really bad. <laughs> at least it was bad at the last service. And, and I'm going to be the first to say, uh, Krista, because Krista sees all three on a Sunday, um, that uh, I, I'm, I'm my worst critic. I'm my own worst critic. So, um, And then... Uh, Jesse, I was just thinking about this. Uh, if you're wondering, this year I got to see the Pixies. And I was very excited because I've been wanting to see the Pixies for a, like a long, long time. So I drove out to Phoenix. I mean, no, excuse me, Tucson. It was great. It was awesome. It was, me, myself, and I had a really great time. So several years ago... Uh, we had a pastor here by the name of Travis. I don't know if you remember him. Uh, if you don't, or if you were here and you don't remember him, you can go on the hallway there, the, the Hall of Pastors, and uh, um, you can check out his picture there. And I can't remember if it was his last summer here, like at the beginning of his last summer. It was the summer that he was going to camp a lot. And um, so he's going to be out, uh, you know, with vacation and whatnot and going to camp. And, and um, so I got left with women's Bible study. And he told me that um, the women of the women's Bible study went to study the book of Genesis. I'll say that again. The women of Morningstar wanted to study the book of Genesis. You know, the first 11 chapters of Genesis, it clips along at a really kind of good story. And then you get into like chapter 12 or 13, correct me if I'm wrong, Sherry, but it kind of gets into this long genealogy like a long genealogy. I'm not talking like a few verses of genealogy, Chris. I'm talking like chapters of genealogy. Travis told me the women wanted to learn about the book of Genesis from me. So we met. And I told them, Travis tells me that you guys want to learn the book of Genesis from me. And they blankly stared back at me. And I looked back at them. We looked back at each other. And silence ensued. And instead of sitting there in that uncomfortable moment for a little while longer like you all are sitting in this uncomfortable moment for a little while longer and possibly feeling what it was that I was feeling and then possibly asking the most important question, do you want to learn about Genesis from me? No, I picked up my Bible and we plowed through the first chapter. And after we did that, I wanted to show my respect and thank the women around the table and the women before them 
And the women, even way, 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 way before them, who helped bring us the amazing story on that day, and even today still, the women looked back at me as if I had two heads. I would probably best describe it as dumbfounded surprise. Some in shock. Some with puzzled looks. Some who thought I was just plain crazy. See, before we invented paper and a pen to write with and probably writing to go on that paper with that pen, the story of God's creation was passed down orally from generation to generation. Probably started off first with man to man and not man to woman because men aren't that way. You know, after a good day of hunting or a bad day of hunting, all you want to do or fishing, whatever, whatever hunting analogy, hunting gathering analogy you want to use, you gather around the fire to either praise your victories or nurse your wounds after dinner, which the women cooked. And then you're passing around this uh, crazy thing called a goat skin full of this crazy thing that you've invented called wine. And with each sip you take, the fish get bigger. Me, always using my spiritual imagination and wearing my spiritual thinking cap, thought it was pretty ingenious of me to say on that day that the reason why we have all these stories that are in the glorious divine book that we call the Bible is because of women. Hear me now and believe me later. Who kept the story straight and remembered exactly how the story goes. The who the what, the where, the when, the why, and the how. See, while we were swigging one more swig and saying the fish was this big, they were keeping the record straight amongst themselves and telling the story. That's not exactly how it goes. It would be pretty naive of us to think that this creation we call the Bible that holds all the truths that the Creator and Redeemer have in store for us was not somehow shaped and formed by what I would say the better... It, it, is, it was not, meaning it could not have happened without it being shaped and formed by what I would say is the better part of God's creation. Allow me to share that respect with all the women in the room today. So we're right in the smack dab in the middle of our sermon series that we are calling Ten Keys, Unlocking Faith. And in this series, we're taking a look at the Ten Commandments through the eyes and words of Jesus. And just as Jesus questioned how we approach those ten rules of life, we have been using our skills of discernment to question ourselves about what comes first, to offer praise, to be honest, and then last week, rest. Which, by the way, I want to say that I was a little um, 
miffed, I guess is the best word to say. I wanted to preach rest. But the way the schedule was working out and then the way that the commandments are in order in the Bible and the fact that uh, Amy had yet to go on her vacation, I didn't get to preach that. So I want to offer up some thoughts because I always have my spiritual cap on and using my spiritual imagination to say what I have said before, possibly in this group of folks here in the room and those of you online, hello, by the way. Moses was not very good at taking dictation. That's what I'm offering you all today, to say that Moses didn't get those commandments in the order that, they, that God was dictating them to, to him too. Yeah. Kathy Marks just gave me the strange look today that she gave me that strange look five years ago. I think that we do not have the commandments in the right order because if we don't put and or make a priority of putting rest first, we cannot be honest with each other and especially ourselves. We cannot offer praise genuinely to the God who created us, to Jesus who redeems us every day, to the Holy Spirit who sustains us through life's trials and tribulations and laments, and to each other. Without rest, we have no idea what comes first, and we place things that we think are more important at the altar of our creator, redeemer, and sustainer, like sex, money, and guns. We don't even get that right. Because it's supposed to be sex, money, drugs, and rock and roll. Without rest, we cannot even begin to respect each other. And if I was to do what Pastor Eugene H. Peterson did in writing the biblical paraphrase that we have been using in this sermon series, the message, in my paraphrase, rest would come first. It would be the first commandment. Without it, you cannot do any of the other nine well. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. R to the E to the S to the P to the E to the C to the T. Yeah, find out what it means to me. Yes, this week we are talking about respect. And in a time where it seems that there is none to be found anywhere and we are hoarding it as if it was gold or oil, when we should know good and well that it is as important as water, if not more so. Which, by the way, praise be to God for drenching us with so much rain. So much rain while our pastor Amy is gone on vacation, and I do not have any idea if that had anything to do with it. But if it did, Amy said she would gladly go on more vacations if it would help rain more. You quenched our parched land as you quenched our parched souls. Thank you, Jesus. And for those of you who are curious... Yes, I did listen to a lot of Aretha Franklin. And I would have asked my wife to sing that signature song, but Sarah sings more like Audra McDonald and not anything like Aretha. You need soul. And not that my wife lacks soul. She's got it, but she doesn't have soul like the soul of Otis Redding. And Aretha, who sings his song and owns it so well. 
my wife is good, but not Aretha good. And that's respect. You're familiar with the old written law. Love your friend. And it's unwritten command, companion. Hate your enemy. I'm challenging that. I'm telling you to love your enemies. In a word, I'm saying this. Respect your kingdom subjects. Now live like it. Jesus flipping phrases just as he flips tables. Challenge us to look at things in not only a new way, but a whole different way. Challenging us to flip everything that we have been taught by each other. Allowing me a point of privilege here. Do me a favor, if you all would, please. Turn around and look at that stained glass window right there in the center. That stained glass window of Jesus. Take a good look at it. Now, knowing as a Methodist that I'm not to be a betting man, I'm here to say, I bet Jesus didn't look anything like that. Not one bit. I bet, I bet that Jesus was a regular-looking guy. Not ugly, but not handsome either. I don't think he was as beautiful as that gentleman in that window is. And I'm starting to believe that those who heard him speak did not hear him correctly. So as Moses was bad at dictation, the disciples were bad at listening. Maybe it was because Jesus had a bit of a speech impediment, a lisp, or a stutter, or something. I don't ever think that he said kingdom. Let me say that again. I don't ever think that he said kingdom, K-I-N-G-D-O-M. Ding, ding, ding. I win the smell of me. I think he was saying kingdom, K-I-N-D-O-M. He was saying kingdom all along, and he meant it. And this is how I support my argument. If God is wanting to be in relationship with us, and he sends us Jesus to be in relationship with us, because he wants to be in a relationship with us, then it's about kinship and not kingdom. It's about being in relationship with each other, in relationship with God, and then in relationship with Jesus. Kinship, not kingdom. There is more respect in kingdom than there is in kingdom. And on that note, extending my point of privilege further, using my spiritual imagination, I don't know if the prophets of the Old Testament got it right either. It seems really off to me that God, that the God of old is portrayed as a very top-down management-style deity, and then all of a sudden in the New Testament comes to us as Jesus and his very bottom-up style manager. You guys understand what I'm saying? Top down, boss here, all of us way down here. Bottom up, boss here, all of us way up here. 
to two different styles of management. And having lived through, and probably you too, where in retail there was a shift in thinking from top down to bottom up, and that is a hard, hard, hard change to go through. It's brutal. It's a huge shift in management style to go from the God of top down to a God and Christ redeemer of bottom up. I think that God tells the prophets that he wants everyone to know that he loves them, that he respects them. And then somehow that seems to get lost in translation. God's love for us God's respect for us gets lost in translation and is delivered to us by the prophets as love God or else. It kind of feels like wait until your father gets home. Where is the respect and love in that? And then there's this thing that Jesus tells us. Love your enemies. Let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. Respond with the supple moves of prayer. For then you are working out of your true selves, your God-created selves. You remember? God, whatever that is, be with that. Remember that? Jesus continues, this is what God does. He gives his best the sun to warm, and the rain to nourish. For the real is God. Thank you for the rain. To everyone, regardless, the good and bad, the nice and nasty, live generously and graciously towards others the way God lives towards you. God and Jesus respect us and expect us to respect others. They did and do to us. We should pass that same respect on as it was passed on to us. Respect equals love. By the way, just to let you know, in the New Living Translation of the Bible, the word love is mentioned 898 times and doesn't even make the top 100 words mentioned in the Bible. And I think the reason being is this. In English, the English that we speak today in 2022, there is only one word for love. I love y'all. I love donuts. I love my wife. I love my son. I love a good plate of greasy cheese enchiladas. I love Robert Earl King. I love a rainy day, and I love a sunny day. I think I got all the different kinds of loves in there. If I didn't, you know that I love. But we only have one way to say love in English. For all love. But to take words like respect, that in reality equal love, and other words like charity, for instance, 
there is a good possibility that love would be the number one word because it is the theme of the whole book. God loves you, and there's nothing you can do about it. And not only does God love you, but God likes you. And there's most definitely nothing you can do about that. The whole thing. Love, charity, respect. I don't know if Travis played a trick on me by telling me that the women of Morningstar wanted to go through the book of Genesis in the Bible study. I don't know if the words that I said really sunk in that day with the women around the table when I tried to show them and the women who came before them and the women who came before them respect by thanking them for the stories contained between Genesis and maps. But I do really love Jesus and his table-flipping ways, making us move our heads just a bit to see a whole different view of the words of God, of how we are to see each other, of how we are to see the world we live in. We are true followers of the Redeemer Jesus and seekers and searchers of love. We should be looking to give it all away. We should be searching and seeking for our enemies to give all the love we have away to them, knowing by doing this table-flipping act, in the end, it will bring out the best in them, and that will bring out the best in us. Love equals respect. To love is to respect. In the name of the Creator, the Redeemer, the Sustainer. Amen.